Welcome to everybody who has tuned in tonight. This is our first edition of Talking Shop, and our show tonight is called What's the Matter Woo? How Woo Should You Go? Let me take a moment to introduce myself. My name is Teresa Reed. I am known as The Tarot Lady, and you can find me at www.thetarotlady.com. And my special partner in crime here is Bree. Bree, you want to come in and introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is our maiden voyage, and as Teresa was saying a little earlier, we're going to do one of these shows once a month. My name is Bree Saucy. You can find me at www.milagroroots.com. And we are going to be bringing our intuition, our insight, and a little bit of magic and some miracle making to the issue of business in the world of woo. That's what that's what we're all about tonight, and so I'm very excited to be here and very excited to be collaborating with Teresa on this, and thank you all so much for joining. I know everyone has a lot of things that they could be doing um, on a hot Wednesday evening, so we're super glad that you're with us. Well, it's not a hot Wednesday evening here in Wisconsin. It's actually quite cold. <laughs> I just have to like add That's that to you. It's it's warmish in in San Antonio. It's humid. Yeah, I think we might yeah. get rain. Yeah, here here we've got a completely different story. But uh, we are so excited for everybody who is tuning in live. And for those who are not tuning in live, don't worry. We are recording these sessions so that you can listen to it at your leisure or you can listen to it again and again and again if you find that there's some valuable information on these shows. Uh, I want to talk for a moment on why we came up with this idea to do the regular shows. Bree and I, as we were talking earlier, we're both extremely passionate about our work. And we are also passionate about business. And one of the reasons that we've connected so strongly is because both of us love to talk business. And, you know, business, I think, is, is sometimes a dirty word for metaphysical people. What do you think about that, Bree? Don't you think that sometimes we want to just do the woo and make the magic and really help people? And when it comes very to that, much. Yeah, we very, very much. Like you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was actually talking to a client of mine earlier today and you know, we were talking about this and how there there are so you know, there's there are so many attitudes and ideas that many of us who are drawn to what I think of as the sacred arts field. So whether you are a yoga teacher or a Reiki practitioner or a root worker or um, a tarot reader, you know, or a rune thrower, like whatever whatever your path is, whatever your work is, many of us um, are drawn to the sacred arts, uh, you know, for, for similar reasons. You know, we're, we're alternative, we're a little fringy, we recognize that there's more than meets the eye, right? Like we, we recognize that there's, you know, there's a presence around us that's not necessarily visible, we have different names for it, and we access it in different ways. But we also share some very not great attitudes about business and money and success and prosperity. And I think that the, you know, the easiest way that we can see this is if you just think about where you live and you, you know, think about do you have a metaphysical store nearby you, and do you have a practitioner in some form of the sacred arts who has been there for a long period of time and has weathered, you know, good years and bad years and all the years in between. And if you are blessed to have someone or or a place like that around where you live, then you know how important it is to the community. And if you don't, you know, if, if like me, I live in a large city and I've seen shops come and go, come and go, come and go, right. you, you start to get the sense that, like, something is not, you know, something's not matching up here. And so this is this is what we're passionate about because we really believe that these gifts need to be brought out into the world. They need to be shared. And the people who do this work um, need to have sustainability. They need to be able to do their spiritual work in a sustainable profitable manner we are interested in helping you guys not just survive but thrive and flourish absolutely i also want to mention too you know i've been in this business a very very long time uh which is sometimes 
pretty unique. I've been reading tarot professionally now for over 20 years. So a lot of times when I'm like mentoring somebody or doing something like this, uh, it's not coming out of, you know, I've just read a book and, hey, I've got some information. This is coming from direct business experience. And when you've been in the industry as long as I have, what you find is you get a really unique perspective of what works, what doesn't work, what trends are happening now versus what used to work 20 years ago. You know, things shift, things are always changing. And one of the beauties of being in it a long time is you really start to learn what can work. And and you can give guidance that's based on some really good hands-on experience. Um, You know, and, and one of the things I've noticed, Bree, also, you talk about shops coming and going. We've had that here. I live in a city. The shops here have mm-hmm. come and go. There's very few that last here. Um, there's very few people also that want to stay in this work for a long time because it is sometimes, you know, hard out here. For <laughs> it's hard out here for a bit. It's hard out here person. for a bit. <laughs> right. So yes. tonight's, tonight's show, what we're talking about, guys, is it's called What's the Matter Woo? How woo should you go? And we've got a couple things that Bree and I are going to be covering. Number one, we're going to be covering your online presence because online is now the way to go. In fact, that's how Bree and I met. We're going to be talking about how well you should go, the plus and minuses of being corporate or mainstream. Um, and also we're going to be talking about a really touchy subject, the big O. And I'm not talking <laughs> that kind of big O. We're talking about originality, how to find your own voice and avoid being a copycat. So, Bree, I want to talk for a moment about online presence. What are some of the things you think people, because, you know, you're coming at it from a, a nice young voice. You guys have had the Internet since, you know, you were, like, ready to stand. And, you know, for people like me, Internet hasn't been, uh, <laughs> you know, a part of our experience. So for yeah. you, coming into business, we used to have to do things very, very differently. Now, if you don't have a web page, it's like, holy cow, it's hard to make it. Tell me what you yeah. think about having an online presence. What do people need to know? You know, I think that the most important thing to know now is that you can have a very good online presence. And and when I say I'm I'm very bare bones about it. It's like this is a website that I can show my mother, you know, and like she, she will she will say that is well done. You know, this is a website that if you wanted to go and have a, if you wanted to write an article for a magazine, you could give them your website link and you know that you, that you're happy with everything that they're going to be able to see and access there. And I think the most important thing to know, um, especially for people who aren't as familiar with the, the world of the web, is that it's very easy now to have a good, solid, informative, and elegant site um, without knowing a lot of code, without, you know, I mean, this is not, you don't have to build these things from scratch anymore, um, especially with services like WordPress. You can have gorgeous sites that are full of content, full of really good information, and it's not going, you know, it's it's not like you have to build it from the nuts and bolts. You don't have to go learn HTML code or CSS right. code or anything like that. And I, I think that sometimes when, when I talk to workers who are making uh, the transition to the web, you know, they, they maybe have had a business in their homes or they're, you know, they, they have a local group of people that they work with, but they don't have a web presence. That's the biggest hurdle I see is just this intimidation factor that, oh, I have to be so technically talented in order to have a viable online presence, and that's just not true anymore. No, you know, with things like WordPress, it has made, it's really revolutionized things for a lot of small business owners and solopreneurs. You know, we are able to put up a site by ourselves and have a decent looking site fairly easily now. It's not as hard. Um, Having our site now, I think, is so essential. If you're going to do business in the modern world, you have to have a place for people to find you because you know what, Bree, nobody goes to the phone book anymore. What do they do? They look you up on Google, right? That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And not not only that, but, you know, people more and more are, you know, they're not reading newspapers. They're, you know, in the morning, they get their cup of coffee, 
and they're going online and they're looking at blogs and you know we're getting more and more ability to subscribe to the sites and subscribe to the blogs that we like so that you know I mean we're really we're really self-selecting the information that we get and so you know if you have a message then it needs to be online. You need to have some kind of online presence in order to communicate that to your people. Um, and again, you know, it's something that's very doable. It's something that doesn't have to cost a lot of money. I mean, a lot of the factors that I think have classically been intimidating about getting online are just no longer issues. Right, absolutely. So let's talk about the the whole woo factor. I mean, you know, here's the thing, you know, when you're doing something a woo career, uh, like even like even teaching yoga, some people think yoga is kind of freaky. Um, right. You know, ta- being a tarot reader, being a root worker, being a Reiki healer, um, being a yoga instructor, whatever you're doing, if you're doing something that's a little bit uh, in the woo industry, even if you're only dipping a toe into it, you know, you've got to you you've got to ride this fine line between being yourself but also being taken seriously. Now, the one thing that I found here, I think that some of this is location-dependent, too, and maybe I'm off. I want to get your opinion on this. I'm in a more conservative area. Okay, People don't believe that, but, yes, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we're a little bit more like blue-collar. We're a little bit more like you know, your regular Joes. There's a tavern on every corner. If I was doing a business that was way too woo, I mean, if I started talking some really – you know, far out there things, or if I had a website that was really far out, um, that wouldn't wash here. We've got practical people in Milwaukee. They're not going to come into my office, and if I'm wearing a costume and a turban, they're going to have a problem with that. Where in some areas, like in California, if you are really theatrical or if you're doing something where you are a little bit more flamboyant, that's like totally cool. People look at that then like, wow, that's a great thing. So where is the balance? Do you think it is locational or or what do you feel about that? You know, I think that I think that this I think first of all it's super important to talk about this because this this comes up for so many of us, you know. Right. How how do I talk about this thing that I do? And I'm a great example because I do tarot readings, I do intuitive work, but then I also do magical rituals for people. So, like, that's that's pretty much as out there as you can be. Oh, yeah. That's um, way far In one sense. You know, like, it's like, oh, okay, she does magic. That's great. So, so you know, and I'm in Texas, um, so I don't really need to say anything else, right? I'm in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know what that means. And, and so, you know, I think that location is definitely a part of it. Um, I think that you also really need to take into account two factors, um, the kind of work that you like to do, what you love doing, and the people that you serve. The, your, you know, some people would call this your market, but I really think of this as the people that you serve. So I thought, Teresa, you used a great example. You know, you're in Milwaukee, and you're, you're working with people many of whom live in your area, yep. who are practical-minded. You know, and one of the things I love about your site is I go there and I immediately get this feeling of, oh, she she is like a total practical reader. You know, she is she is just going to lay it out for me and tell me like it is and shoot straight from the hip. And, of course, you know, being from Texas where there is a very similar ethos, I, I totally like that. Um, and, you know, if you love... If you love doing tarot parties and you're an excellent seamstress, then then like you know you're go, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to be in costume in your pictures. You're going to want to really highlight that it's a specific service that you offer, and so you're totally gonna want to promote that. Um, you know, and if or if those are the people that you're serving, you know, if you're if you're serving you know up and coming uh, urbanites who want to have like an experience of a of an, uh, an authentic Lenormand reader, then like you're going to get all gussied up and you're going to do that. So I really think you need to think about who it is that you serve um, and then and, and, you know, where you live and what language is going to resonate with your people. Um, because, you know, what what is woo for one person is not going to be woo for somebody else. And and so you know you you are the one who know your people and you also know again what it is that you love to do 
And and so you, that needs to be a part of this. You know, the whole the whole point of of working in an industry like this is to be of service. But we're we're of best service, I think, when we're doing what we really love. Oh and yeah. And we're bringing those talents to the foreground. And so you have to kind of you have to gauge that. And you know, there's also I I think there's a there's a personal uh, comfort issue that comes into this as well. Um, you know, as I've designed, I've, de- I've designed several sites for myself now, and you know, the first site I used language that was that was in many ways was very traditional, but it didn't really capture the nuances of how I roll. I'm yep. I'm a bit philosophical, you know. I'm I sometimes I'll be talking about a Bible story, or sometimes I'll be talking about Greek philosophy, and you just never know what I'm going to do. And so you know, and and now my site really captures those nuances. Whereas before it didn't because I felt like that was too woo-woo. It was too scattered. And so, you know, I think you have to, you've got to triangulate between, you know, what you love to do, who it is that you're serving, and the and language that expresses what you do in a clear but honest manner. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What it comes down to is two things. Client clarity. You have to be absolutely clear about who you serve. Uh, because that is going to help you then to present yourself in the right way. But it's also clarity about who you are. So, for okay. example, I'm not a really woo-woo girl. I mean, most yeah. people who know me, they know that when I'm not doing tarot uh, or yoga, I'm going to be listening to some rap music. I'm going to be cooking. You know, I'm going to be watching Bad Girls Club, the worst television show on the planet. You know, so <laughs> I, my personality, I, I like to say it's a, it's a little street. It's very down-to-earth. I, I I don't feel like I can relate to being super, super woo. I, I like to call myself like I'm Judge Judy with a tarot deck. That's yes. my personality. And I like providing very practical, common sense solutions with tarot. And that's what you see coming and bleeding through in my site. And that works for me. You know, I think it, it's all up to what's going to work for us, what our true voice is, and who we want to work with is what you're saying and what I'm saying right here. That's, that's right. really that's important. Right. I and you, the, one, the, the one other piece I would add yeah. to that, Teresa, is your, your, you know, your overall community, which you, you touched on with your location. Yeah. But I'm thinking more of, like, the people that are in your life. You know, yeah. the, your your family, your friends, your colleagues. You know, if you have a if you have a, a nine to five job and you're doing tarot reading on the side, and you're going to put up a website, you need to think about how those things are going to affect one another, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 if you're going to be doing one thing and doing the other, you know, somehow it's got to like come together to really reflect the real you. That's it. That's exactly right. I mean, I'm a Gemini. We're all about trying to integrate both sides of our personnel. We've got like ten personalities. But, you know, when you're putting yourself yeah. out there on the web, it, it's got to really be integrated with your clients and also with who you really are. Um, I want to also talk for a moment about going mainstream, okay, because that's something. Yeah, because yeah, like we're say, right there, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, I grew up, Old school punk rocker. Uh, I love Patti Smith, and one of the songs she has, there's a line in there called Outside is Where I Want to Be. Now, that being said, I, I love that whole concept because tarot is a fringe industry. A lot of these things, like even Reiki and that, they're becoming more mainstream, but they're still a little bit on the fringe. How do you feel about trying to go totally corporate, totally mainstream? I know there are readers out there. I know there are people out there in the healing industries and in the yoga industries. We'll use yoga as an example. I saw this interesting yoga book, and I think there's an actual studio called the No Ohm Zone, where it's strictly exercise. There's no ohming. There's no meditation. They've taken it all out. It's very, very corporate. And it's working for them. It's working for them. They've they've stripped the woo out. They've made it very palatable for everybody. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? How do you feel about that? Well, you know, my I mean, my my personal opinion on that is sort of like, well, what's the point? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, if, if we're going to go corporate, like let's go work for a corporation, get a really good 401k rocking. You know, let's let's go trade stocks or do something in finance and, you know, that that's awesome. Um 
that's my personal take. Obviously, if it were, if that, if that is your vision, you know, if your vision is to market, uh, you know, mastermind groups or, you know, uh, like a series of, of instructional DVDs or something, uh, you know, and, and, and this is just your dream is, is to take an art like tarot or an art like bone throwing or an art like candle magic and make it corporate, then obviously you can do that. Like all of the tools are there. But I feel like, and, and this has been validated by my, my clients, my colleagues, um, all of the people that I work with, you know, one of there's lots of risks in doing your own business, and there's especially a lot of risks in doing your own metaphysical business. One of the things that we really have going for us is heart and spirit. You know, it's that's it's such a huge right. part of the work that we do, and I think that when we try to, you know, heart and spirit can be messy, right? Like they're a little oh. subjective. Um, they we we all do have a slightly different flavor and you know your language your idea your approach it's not going to speak to everyone and actually this is something that Teresa and I both you know have have talked about many times it shouldn't speak to everyone you know you want to find your people the people that you really resonate with and work very well with and and i think that when you get too straight laced and you get too uh, corporate, you you start to lose that. You know, again, it's on the one side you don't want you don't want to totally be speaking a language that only you understand. But on the other side, you know, if you're using terms that that are just you know, it's like you could have a little trademark symbol by them. Then then that starts to lose its appeal, and we lose the you. You know, where's the where's your individual spark? Where's the heart? Where's the spirit? And there's a safety, I think, in in trying to go corporate. I mean, don't you feel, Teresa, that that's, that's the initial reason why a lot of people go in that direction? Absolutely. You know, years ago, I'm going to give a one of my favorite little stories. Um, I worked in another yoga studio for a really, really short time, and the person who ran it was a very conservative business person. Um, they had, like, traditional business school training, and they got into the idea of yoga because they saw it as a money-making venture, okay? Nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to diss somebody, hey, why do you go into business? You go into business because you want to make a living. I get that. Totally. But anyhow, he was um, telling me some of his ideas, and these were like huge corporate traditional business ideas. He was telling me, we're going to get polo shirts for our yoga teachers, and of course, (laughs) I'm like, Dude, I'm never wearing a polo shirt. I don't do that. <laughs> and then he was talking. He he was giving out these contracts, these huge, massive non-compete contracts that were really super corporate legal leads. And you know, I looked at that contract. I said, I'm not signing this. And I also said, you cannot run a spiritual business like this. Yoga yeah. is a spiritual business. I said, I understand you wanting to do this very legit. And I understand some of the corporate things because you're trying to appeal to a certain audience. But the problem is when you're doing a spiritual business like that and taking all the spirit out of it, I said you're going to fail. So anyhow, needless to say, um, I left that studio right after that. And they did fail. They did fail because people are coming to metaphysical businesses because they're looking they're looking for someone to help them. They're looking for someone to take care of their needs. People go to a yoga studio. Why do they go to a yoga studio? Because they're trying to get flexible. They're trying to meditate. They're trying to okay. get healing in their bodies. You know, To come in and have it be run like a bunch of automatons, that's not going to work. And it's the same yeah. with any of these industries. We can go corporate and legit to a certain point, but if you come off in the wrong way, um, you can turn off a, a lot of people. They're going to they're gonna see it as cold and business-like, and they're going to be looking, where's the heart, where's the spirit? You've got to be very, and very... And I think that this that. is, I think that's, that's so right. That's just absolutely right. And I, I think that this is going to be something that continues to sort of be an insidious temptation in the metaphysical industries, in the sacred arts field, because as you know, Teresa, I'm a big believer that a lot of these gifts and abilities and talents and services that all of our people are offering are becoming more and more mainstream. You know, they're becoming more and more accepted. Um, 
you know, I have a lot of people who come to me for candle lightings and intuitive readings that are, you know, working on Wall Street, that are, you know, working in, in corporations that are, you know, writing books and, you know, selling their art for thousands of dollars. Like, they are professionals. They are not the kind of people that you that you would think are like woo woo people and yet they're recognizing the value in these art forms. I mean they're ancient art forms and there's a yeah. reason why they've been around so long. And and so as they become more acceptable and as they become in a way more mainstream, I think that this temptation to go corporate because we confuse corporate with legitimate, you know, right? That's that's the thing. It's like the 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 look of the corporation is where we're drawing our authority from when in reality of course you know we all know this like your authority has to come from you and from the work that you do and from the people that you serve right right absolutely one of the things that i love that you had said and this is such a cute um it's it's so cute um be your own business keep the structure lose the dockers that's right that's right <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Yes, I love. No, that. and that's something okay. that I love about about. And you know, I I come from a business background. Before I yeah. did, before I went into my business for myself with Milagro Roots, I had a business in San Francisco, and my dad is a businessman, and so business has always been around me, and it's something I've always been interested in, apart from the sacred arts, you know, and the sacred arts were this other thing. And then it was like, hey, these things actually will work together. And and that is something I love about business. And I I love talking to, like, crusty old businessmen because they're very interested in strategy and structure. And those are things that I think a lot of times in our industry we don't think about as much, Um, partially because we don't have the tools, partially because we don't have the language, partially because we don't like to be contained, right? Like, we're like, oh, don't put me in a box, like – I am a free spirit floating, you know. And uh and so the structures of corporations, we can learn a lot, you know. And and that doesn't mean you need to have like a top-down sort of, you know, crazy, you know, pyramid structure. It but there are there are protocols, there are methods even of communication that I think we can look to corporations and get inspired by. But um but yeah, the dockers, like none of us want to wear dockers, right? Oh god, no. no. Girl, please. No. That's a, you're not going to see me in Dockers as much as you won't see me in stilettos, please. Exactly, exactly, right? Me too. I know we're so we're so alike in that way. So you know that's the thing. It's like we don't we don't have to we don't we don't need to have the out the outer trappings. Right. Um, Kate, learn. You know, if there's if there's a business that's working really well, you know. Watch it, observe it, yeah. learn from it. Like I'm, I'm always looking at businesses that have nothing to do with my field, and I'm like, oh, they really nailed that part of customer yeah. service. Like, how can I integrate that? But yeah, you know, n- no on the like navy and khaki logo, unless unless you just are in love with navy and khaki. In which case, rock on. Go yeah, for hey, it. if you're a big preppy, I'm all for it. Then you know, prep it up, man. That's all right. You know, totally. You- you brought up a really great thing, and I want to segue into this next section, and I want to read two different things, too. Um, you mentioned about looking at other businesses for inspiration. And, you know, one of the things when we do have online businesses, it's really exciting to see the wealth of people that are out there running businesses, not just our type of business, but other businesses as well. But sometimes, you know, it gets very, very tempting to look at somebody else who's a success in our industry and to want to, like, um, model our stuff after that person. So we're going to talk about, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about the big O, originality. And there's two things that I want to to read here. Um, There's a guy named Ryan Edward who is doing some web work for a friend of mine, Melissa Taro, who I love. She's awesome. She's redoing her whole site. And he gave me this little piece of advice about original branding. And I'm going to read it. He said, find other things that inspire you. So many metaphysical web pages have the same imagery. Again, the stars, dragons, fairies, etc. It's all become the same, white noise. What stands you apart visually? Look for inspiration outside the metaphysical industry that you love. So he writes that, okay? Then um, I also want to draw attention. There's a 
wonderful article written by Erica Learmark from thedailywhip.com. Erica, both Bree and I have worked with her. She's a wonderful coach. She's brilliant. She wrote this fantastic post called How to Be Original. And I love it. When I read this post, it sent chills through my spine. I think everyone should read it. Her site is thedailywhip.com. But she wrote in here, too, the same thing that Ryan did. Here's how to be original, she wrote. Look elsewhere for inspiration. Magazines, books, TV shows, the mall or other websites. Take a walk. Go to the museum or travel to another country. But when it comes time for your creation, turn inwards. Strap on your blinders. Pull the shades. Lock the door. Turn off the Internet. Shut off your phone and tell everyone not to bother you. And then imagine yourself <laughs> stepping into your own top secret lab. If you, if she also wrote two further down. If you're focused on what others are doing, you will be a cheap imitation of them, and you are not cheap. Wow. That's a Love really, that. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't this advice that we can all, no matter what business we're in, this is advice we can all really take to heart, right? Yes, yes. Absolutely. And, you know, you're such a – you are a really good example of this, Teresa, because we, as you mentioned earlier, you know, I go to your site and I see the practicality. I see the the hip-hop influence. I mean, you know, looking at some of your blogs, like there's totally that hip-hop, urban music that you love and the, all of the all of the influences from your life you know you really dovetailed it beautifully so it's not like here's what i do over here and then here's my life over here and they're very separate from one another right that's not going on and i think you know just to kind of concretize it for people um that's an example you know she loves to row she loves hip-hop you think that the two can't go together? She's got some blog posts that will prove you wrong. <laughs> so I think, I think that that is really, really important. And, and you know, I love, I love what Erica says. Erica is wonderful, and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we love her, and she's we awesome. Do. Um, and I think that her point is really important as well, um, both in, in being cheap, you know, because we don't want to be cheap, um, right. and copying it's cheap, you know, it's it's easy, it's lazy. And also because it's your people will know. You know, yeah. if you're I think one of the worst things that can happen is if you have you know, you you've started out in your business, you've done your first website or maybe you know it's your third or your fourth website and you're you know, you you're getting some traction and you're drawing the kind of clients that you like and then you get overwhelmed or you just go through a thump where you're not feeling inspired and you know either consciously or unconsciously you start really taking from someone else who's in your industry who's really nailing it you know the the biggest problem with that besides the fact that you know you're you're going to like create problems with your with people who should be your colleagues and your collaborators um, is that your people are going to know? You know, they're 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 going to know if if it's not coming from you. It may take them a little while, you know, and you may make a few sa- a few sales off of it. But like eventually, the people that you really love, the reason why you got into the work for the in the first place, they're going to figure out. They're going to figure it out, and they're going to go elsewhere. They're going to go to where there is original content being produced. And so I think that that is it's really important, and it's especially important because so much stuff is online now. Yeah. And you know, there's a there's a fine line between being inspired. Many of us have teachers who have been hugely influential for us and you know, like obviously they inspire us, obviously they inform our work. Um and so you know, there's there's being inspired and then there is outright copying and and you know and how do you know when you're how do you know when you're like leaving the realm of inspiration and and you're you're just copying somebody outright you know the first thing that we notice is that we don't have your voice anymore right right you're approaching the problem or the topic uh in a way that's not natural to you and and you know you can i mean you can go on people's sites where you know that there is a part that's copied and and you can see how it you know it changes like the tone changes the spirit of the whole thing changes. <laughs> Even what they offer is not really themselves. That's right. That's right. That's another, you know, that's another really important question, you know, and it goes back to voice, it goes back to authority, and it goes back to to who you're serving and the kind of work you love to do. You know, 
when you if if you're you find yourself offering something and and you don't like doing it, you know, a lot of times that may you may want to ask yourself, did I did I copy this from somebody? Like, you know, did I did I mistake, you know, inspiration for like the real deal and um you know, have I now gotten myself into offering something that I'm not even really into, you know, that doesn't even fit in with the rest of what I do. And so I think that that it's very, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a fine line to walk, but it really is important to to find your original voice and to deliver that because that is what your people want. That's yep. what your people want to hear. They want to know you. They want to know yeah. that that you're you and they're dealing with a real person, and they also want to know that what you're offering is based on your integrity, your interest, your abilities. It's not some bullshit. You know, I could okay. go to someone else's site and look at what, let's say, for example, I'm going to use you as an example. Um, yeah. I decide, gee, I think I'm going to do root work now. I'm not a root worker, by yeah. the way. I've studied magic, but I'm not a root worker. It's not my forte. Uh, I, I'm not meant to be doing that. Uh, it's not my thing. I, you know, it just do, it doesn't work for me to be going around right. magic for people. You know, right. uh, so it's and, and we would go to your site and we would immediately right. be like, wait, it doesn't. Well, just, this doesn't make sense. But just like, imagine we're getting two very mixed messages here. Right. Imagine though, if I though thought, and this is what I think a lot of the reasonings behind what people do it they they see i see you you're doing successes this and then i'm thinking from a scarcity mindset because this is where it comes from that maybe if i do root work i will be making more money and i will have a successful business that's what i need to add to my business now i'm a root worker see how yeah. that is like the wrong motive that is not the totally. to be offering anything or copying anybody you know you want to bring yourself into it your interests into it and really your abilities the other thing, too, is, yes. like, for example, I studied Reiki. I don't have a gift for it. I don't. In fact, when I need a Reiki healing, I don't do Reiki on myself. I go to my guy, Paul Labars. He's amazing. Paul is wonderful. Paul is skilled. Now, for me, if I don't have the ability and I'm just doing that because I think it's going to bring me in money, that's the wrong reason. That's the wrong reason to be doing it. And I think that's why people, they get a scarcity mindset. They think, um, I want my business to be as successful as this person's or that person, so therefore... That's what I need to do. No, people, that's not going to make you successful. It's going to make you miserable. It's going to make you miserable. You can't be all things to all people. You can't be copying other people's stuff. You've just got to figure out what works, what your interests are, what you can really offer to people with integrity, and then that's where you need to operate from. That, yes. And and I think I just want to emphasize that one of the last things you said, which is, you know, where what you can offer with integrity, yeah. and you know this is something this is something else that that deals with originality and with branding and also with offerings. You know, with when when we're crafting our offerings, and and that is, you know, are you are you offering this because it's something that you really do have a forte in? You really do have a skill here. It really is a craft that you cherish and that you love to bring into other people's lives, or are you offering this, you know, for yourself? In other words, are you offering this for your people, or are you offering this for you? You know, right. I'm, I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking a wonderful astrology class right now with Heidi Rose. Love her, love her. She's so awesome. Love the class, and I'm learning so much. And I've studied astrology. I mean, my, my mom was a reader, and my mom has done astrology, and my mom has done magic. And so, you know, I grew up with this. Um, and, and, you know, and I've never offered astrology sessions on my site. I, you know, I've never, I never have. I, in a tarot reading or in an intuitive reading, we may, we may touch on some of the aspects of a client's natal chart, but I don't do straight up astrology sessions because it's not where my gift is. Right. You know, and, and I, could I do it? Sure. Like, could I make it available? Could I, you know, could I have it as a, as a separate thing by itself? Absolutely. I mean, you know, anyone can get a program and do a natal chart, but it, but it's it's not where my gift is, and so I get so much more satisfaction recommending that my clients go see Heidi Rose because she's really awesome at it, you know. And and so this is important, you know. It's it's how do we? I mean, for me, it always comes back to how am I of best service, and yeah. where am I of best service and and you know that if if that question is really forefront in your mind then then a lot of you know not just what you do but how you do it and how you talk about it 
will will become clearer, I think. I totally agree. You know, here here's the thing. Everything has been done under the sun practically. <laughs> you yeah. know, and many of us are going to get the same ideas, we're going to have the same skills, we're we're offering a lot of the same things, but when you are truly functioning from service and out of integrity, it's still going to have your own voice to it. It's going to be you. Okay. It's not going to sound or look like anybody else. So it's all about that. Again, getting back to client clarity, clarity about who you are, um, and also just really speaking in your own beautiful voice. Whether that voice voice be super woo-woo or super practical, whether you're offering, you know, whatever you're offering, it it becomes really beautiful when it's authentically you. And that comes from clarity. It comes from clarity and integrity. Um, really, that's it. It's that, it all boils down to that. So, and and you know, the the last thing that I'll add is, I think there's also you had talked about a scarcity mindset, and yeah. I think that this is so so important because, um, you know, especially when you're when you're first starting any business, right? It's like the first three years, just like hold on. Uh huh. <laughs> you know? It's scary. <laughs> Grab your ankles and hold on. It'll be okay. You'll you'll get through them. Um, but but during that time, especially, you have no money in the bank, and and you know you're like waiting for the phone to call. Um, you know you're just you know you're jumping on every email that you get because you're like, yes, somebody wants to talk to me. Right. Um, I think that that is the time when scarcity can most come in, and and you can really start seeing people who are your colleagues as competition. And and, and and they're not. You know, I mean this is this is like this more than I think anything else has really stood me in good stead in all of my business ventures. You know, people with similar ideas or people who are working in, in a similar field, they are and they should be your greatest allies, you know. I mean Absolutely. they they are people that are dealing with the same types of problems that you're dealing with. You can learn from one another. You can work and collaborate with one another. And, you know, Teresa and I are a great example because we're in several groups where we're kind of the only, like, really woo-woo girls. Yep. And and it would have been so easy for us to have looked at each other and, and you know, wanted to compete with one another. And probably because we're both air signs, we were like, oh, let's talk instead, you know. And, <laughs> and, and we're both, we're even both interested in, in one topic that's very similar, you know, that, that deals with how to be successful. And, and again, it would have been so easy for us to be like, you know, that, I, that's my thing or, oh, that's my thing. Right. And instead we talked and we were like, hey, you know what, like you are so brilliant and I love your take on this. And so let's talk about this together. And uh, that's that's huge. That's hugely yep. important. You know, don't look at don't look at your kith and kin as competition. Uh, you know, they're your colleagues. They're your collaborators. They're your cohorts. Like, learn from them and love them. And I really, I've just found it to be so true that when you spread the blessings, like they come back. You know, we all become enriched. There's enough. There's plenty for everyone. There is, and there's people who are looking for different things, and there's nothing better than having a group of colleagues that if somebody isn't right for me, I can send them to you. I can send them to, you know, you know, whoever. I, I've got a whole group of people that I can send people to, and that's a wonderful feeling because people are looking for all kinds of different things. And there's my father used to have a saying called, there, he said, there's a lid for every pot. Oh, and I love, <laughs> love old-time things, by the way. Yeah. It's a lid for every pot. And so we all don't have to be made from the same metal. We can be whatever kind of pot we want. In fact, my pot's even a little cracked, you know, so <laughs> it's, we, can, <laughs> we can be whatever. Um, the main thing is be yourself, clear, and be of service. You know, Bree, speaking yeah. of service, we do have people on the line, and I think it might be a good idea to see if anybody wants to ask us a question because we only have a few more minutes left, and I'd like to see if we want to, um, if anybody has anything to ask one of us. So if you're on the line and you want to ask us a question about your online presence, that's what we're talking about tonight, hit star 2 to raise your hand. Star 2 on your phone to raise your hand. Hopefully I'll be able to figure out how to work this thing proper. 
star two. Otherwise, we're going to keep on blabbering over here. Okay, I got some hands up, and I'm going to, let's see, click on from Terrytown, New York. This must be Hillary. Hi, Hillary. (laughs) Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Hey. Yes. Hello. I do have a question about clients. Yes. And that's (laughs) us. Okay. Um, I'm actually dealing with the first time I'm ever going to say no to working with a client. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, basically, to make a long story short, they're very upset that I don't have a home office and that I don't read out of my home because they have, um, I guess, a Reiki business that they feel comfortable running out of their home. So they don't really understand why I don't work out of my home and why I read in public places. So <laughs> so are you asking for advice on what, what to do? Yes, I'm asking for advice on how to let them down gently. And um, I also might be referring them to another reader that's in my area that might be more willing to work with them. You know, this is always the best advice that I find when, I mean, occasionally there's people that you don't want to work with because you're just not a good fit for them. You know, it just happens sometimes. Sometimes we'll do readings for people, like in my industry, and you draw a blank and it's like, I'm not connecting to this person. It's right. not good then to try to, like, force your way through it or bumble through it or do something that's uncomfortable because that's going to bleed through for your client and you're not serving them then. The best thing instead is to let the client know that, you know what, I'm sorry, this is just not the way I do business, but let me refer you to somebody who does see people in a home office and and then I would give them a referral and, you know, let them know who the person is. I'd even let the person know that you're referring them to somebody. Uh, just recently I had somebody who, uh, yesterday who wanted a reading early in the morning because they're in a very different time zone. Now, anybody who knows me knows I am not a morning person. My tarot brain doesn't function till the afternoon. I referred <laughs> this person to a few other readers, and, you know, that's just the way to do it. So politely decline and let them know here's another referral. Right, right. That that's what my plan was too. So thank you for confirming. <laughs> You're welcome. Do you have anything to add about that, Bree? You know, one thing that I will add because I deal with this a lot. Whenever you do, and I know some of the people that are listening also do root magic. They do they do ritual work for people, and you know, whenever you start doing ritual work for people, there are definitely cases, and I turn down cases every week. I, I there are people who want to pay me money to help them, and, and, you know, I'll read for them. We'll talk about their situation, and I'm just not the right fit for them. Um, and in some cases, you know, ritual work is not the right fit for them as well. And and so I'm very upfront and honest, you know, that, that I'm, I'm not going to take every client. I'm not going to be able to take every client. I'm not going to be able to take every case. And, uh, and and I think I think that being honest is is absolutely the best way to go. And you know, if if you're especially if you're dealing with somebody who is you know having issues with like the way that you run your business, that right. too, you know the fact that like you want to read in public. I mean, which of course is completely understandable. Um, right. <laughs> then then that's a, that to me is a good indication that they're not the right fit for you. And you know, and I'll say this too, and and this is important for people who are starting. I know that like again, you don't have money in the bank, and you're thinking like, oh my god, but it's a client, you know. But you have kind of like an off feeling, or or they're raising questions about you know your methodology. It's not going to work. Like the relationship will not right. work. You know, like like even if you're if, even if you kind of overlook that and you start trying to work with them, like something else will come up and something else will come up, and it, it will just be a bad fit. Uh, consistently, I, I've I've almost found that across the board. You know, if if we start off on the wrong foot and we're not getting each other, it's just a sign that we're not we're not supposed to help each other. So you know, and and again, I love I you know this is why we love our colleagues because there's there's many people we can refer to. And if you're referring somebody who you do have a question about, or you know, you're like, okay, they're very demanding, or you know, every second day they're going to write you an email that's like the size of a book. Let your colleague know that. You know, oh, like yeah. give them a yeah. heads up. Like this is, you know, this is this person, and they're super awesome in all of these ways. Here is like their two idiosyncrasies that you should just be aware of before you work with them. And uh, you know, and and that way, you know, we're, we keep the lines of communication open with one another. We keep it open with our clients, and 
you know, that's that's the best way. I also recommend, too, online, on your website, make sure that you have your policies really spelled out clearly so people know full on that you are not going to see them in a private office. Make it as clear as day. I mean, like, big and bold. That way you stop it right at the door, so to speak. Usually it works, not always, but it, it helps. Right. So update my website and also warn the other tarot readers that <laughs> she's coming. <laughs> Thank you yeah. guys so much. Thank this has been you. a great call. Thank you. All, All right. right. We're going to mute Hillary. And I have. we'll take on one more call. I think that's all we're going to have time for. So I am getting a call in here from San Francisco. Paige, are you there, Paige? I am here. Hi, did I, did I get the right name? That's how it's showing up here. Yes, Paige, that's me. Hi, Paige. Hi, Paige. Hi. I had a question about um, related to um, referrals, uh, about the fine line between a referral and an affiliation relationship with another metaphysical business or even a business outside of mm. the metaphysical realm. Yeah. Have either of you Good ever question. been part of an affiliation or... Where do you start drawing that line with someone? Yeah, yeah. So, so you're wondering, like, when when you do a referral and you get a kickback from for referring that person. I suppose, yeah. Okay. A I, mutually you know, beneficial, that's, you know. That's a it's a really good question because there are you know there there definitely are uh, organizations and setups like that, and I know Teresa and I both have affiliations with people and and when I have an affiliation with somebody and I'm recommending them to a client I'm totally honest with them I'm you know and I'll, I'll tell them I only affiliate with people that I've worked with so you know I I personally you know, like obviously I'm vouching for them and and I you know I let the client know like you know if you use this link to to go sign up for her course or whatever I am going to get a kickback so, you know, I, I let them know. And likewise, if I'm referring them to somebody that I don't have that kind of an arrangement with, I let them know that. You know, I'm like, I don't receive anything for telling you this. I just think that she makes the best products or I just love her as a worker or she's just the perfect reader for you. Go see her. And and so does that help? Yeah, totally. That's um that's totally helpful. I uh I was wondering also, I've seen some metaphysical businesses kind of doing this that work more toward the corporate end. And at that point where you start, um, I guess what it all comes down to is just clear communication and being honest about the people you're referring and your relationships with everyone. Just like you're open on your website about um, whether you'll do public readings or at a private office. Yeah, actually, it all comes down again to honesty and integrity. Yeah. And, you know, when I do, uh, one thing I do also like to say, just like Bree, uh, I am always very upfront if I've worked with someone or if I haven't. Um, like, for example, if somebody is looking for a medium, I'm not a medium. Yeah. And there's a gal yeah. in town that I've become aware of who does medium work, and I'll refer people to her, but I'll also let them know that I've not received a reading from her. I've only heard good things about her. You know, so I just think it's best to be as honest as possible and upfront about how you know the person, uh, if you've worked with them, what your experience was like, and I think that's that's all you can do in that regard. Yeah, transparency, you know, transparency across the board, I think, is is the best way to go. And and I loved what you said, Teresa, about spelling policies out on your website. And, you know, yep. On your website too, if there are if there are people that you affiliate with, um, you know what I do. Like I I have a resources page, and then you know I have a separate page where all of my affiliates are listed, so that it's very clear. Like you know these are the people where if you go to them on my recommendation, I will receive a kickback. Um, and you know I I think I think the the other thing to to say about that is. You want to be judicious in who you affiliate with. You know, I mean, our our reputation is really important in this field, and <laughs> in a different way, maybe than it is in some in in other fields. You know, 
Um, but but it's really important, you know, your your people and your colleagues need to know that you're upright and you're honest and, and as Teresa has said, kind of our word for the night, that you have integrity. And and so, you know, you really want to you want to refer people and you want to affiliate with people who you really can vouch for, you know, who you really do feel like they have an amazing product that, that really will help some of my clients, you know, and so that's, I think if you go into it with that kind of an attitude, um, then then you feel really good, you know. Like, I love it when I when I refer people to an affiliate, an affiliate, and I make some money, and then they come back, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing ever, you know, <laughs> so I think it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, beautiful. So it sounds like you, um, kind of like with clients, you want to just accept an affiliation offer judiciously, even though it's sometimes maybe hard to say no to something that seems like it could bring bring you a real revenue if it doesn't jive with your kind of with your energy and what you're trying to do. It's got to jive with your energy, and it should be something that you've actually used. Yes. Uh, that being yeah. said, you know, I I've done affiliates also for programs that I've really loved and used, and. You know, I'll continue to always promote those people. Uh, earlier this year, though, I made the my own personal decision that I'm not doing affiliates anymore um, for the simple fact that um, I don't have time to go and be busy with all of that business. And for me, it feels better to just promote people because I love their work rather than thinking about a kickback, but that's just me. I'm weird that way. Well, it so also sounds like since you've been in the industry so long, uh, yeah. affiliations probably are more beneficial to someone who's rather just starting out or yeah. hasn't, you know, has only been around for a few years in business. So, Yeah, it, it, it can be very, very helpful. But, you know, again, it's, it's just my own personal thing. It's personal for everybody. It's, it's all going to be what feels right for you. So you should be picking affiliates that you feel right about, promoting things that you feel right about, and then being upfront if you're getting a kickback. Wonderful. Yeah. And and I think the, the last thing to say about that, and, Teresa, you, you basically said this, is, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is spend more time promoting somebody else yep. than you do, you know, doing your own work, right? Like, you know, my I have like three or four affiliate arrangements with people, and and you know they're very very on the side, um, like they're you know they're very it's a very passive part of my site. It's it's really right. not where the energy goes. And so, but absolutely, if somebody is approaching you and like they want you know they they want you to affiliate with them, uh, and they want to give you a kickback, uh, and you're just not feeling it. Like, you know, this is where form letters become very useful. Like, you know, I, I recommend everybody tonight, like, go home, your homework assignment, you know, write a, I'm sorry, but I can't work with you form letter, you know, and then you just have it. And, and when somebody comes and you're just not the right fit, there you go. And, and you know, I'm sorry, but I can't promote this product or I can't affiliate with you, you know, form letter. These are These are very helpful things to have on hand. Thank you. That's great advice. Thank you so much for calling in, Paige, and Thank for such a great so question. Much. Thank you. This was a wonderful teleseminar you've got here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Very helpful on all fronts. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Bree, we are going to wrap up in a second. Um, I hope everybody's enjoyed this show. Uh, Bree, I love, love, love working with you. I love how your brain works. I want to get inside your brain. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I want you to get inside my brain. Tell me what's going on in there. Sorry. <laughs> um, I need to, you know, I I really I really appreciate the opportunity to work with you, Teresa, because you are such a veteran in this field. And you know, we I mean, I've learned so much in in our collaboration and in our friendship. And I think that you know, using uh, using your experience uh, to bring knowledge to other people, it's it's huge and it's awesome. And I'm so happy and privileged to be a part of it. Well, it's my privilege to have you here as my partner in crime, and I just am thrilled. Um, so I'm, I'm sending you a lot of love over the line and sending a lot of love to everybody who is tuned in and to anybody who's listening to the recording. And I want to let you guys know, too, we are going to be doing this monthly. Our next show is going to be on March 13th, same time, same bat channel. It's going to be at 8 p.m., um, Central Standard Time. It's going to be called How to Pitch Woo. And we're going to be talking with the queen of 
pitching yourself. Diana Valentine. Uh, this is somebody we love. She's got a fantastic program where she teaches you how to pitch yourself. So she's going to be helping us to let you guys learn how to really get out there in your metaphysical business and pitch yourself properly. It's going to be awesome. I'm yeah, gonna you're gonna you're gonna leave the call and you're gonna be talking about what you do loud and proud and very articulately because Diana knows her stuff. Yes, we have a lot of Diana love over here. So <laughs> anyhow, I'm Teresa Reed, uh, the Tarot Lady. You guys can find me at www.thetarotlady.com. That's my hub, Bree. What about you? I am Bree Saucy of Milagro Roots. That's www.milagroroots.com. All right. Well, we are signing off, and we will be tuning in with you guys next month. Have a beautiful night. Night, night, everyone. Bye.